God. We're going to be talking about the Word of God this month. And the Word of God is useful for many things. But I want to follow on from last week's sermon. Amu preached an awesome sermon on the Holy Spirit. And that we want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you guys were there or blessed by it. But it blessed me. And I want to, I want to follow on from that because... You know, and just specifically in keeping with our theme, you know, the, the, the Word of God is there to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, and there's, there's many things that work in harmony in, in Scripture. There's, there's topics in the Bible that seem to be butting heads, but actually they are one and the same. And there's a few like love and judgment, okay? They seem a bit paradoxical, but they're actually one and the same thing, okay? I cannot, I cannot love you if I do not judge you to a certain extent, okay? If I've got a, my one-and-a-half-year-old son, and I love him a lot, okay? But I want him to be the best person he can be by the time he leaves my house when he's 18 years old. So what I have to do is, I have to understand that my one-and-a-half-year-old son is fairly useless at any task that I give him, okay? And that he's not where he could be. That's, there's not a problem with that, because he's one-and-a-half years old. But if he's ten years old and he's still wearing nappies, we've got a problem, right? And so what, I, what I'm doing is, I love him, and I want the best for him, and so I'm constantly measuring where I need him to be versus where he is now. There's a judgment that I pass over him out of love. You understand what I'm saying? And it's the same for anybody walking into the church, is that when you sit down, I love you, and with that comes a form of judgment, that you are not in your glorified state, okay? That you still mess up and you sin. And I am judging you versus compared to the person who you could be and you're f to reach your full potential. And if I love you, I do that constantly. And if I don't, I'm okay for you to sit there in your dirty nappy for the rest of your life. You with me? Okay. Sure. Some of you are like, oh gosh, can he end the sermon there? <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of things that work in tandem. There's faith and works. There's the spirit and the word. You know, we like, we like a lot of, some of us like a lot of the Spirit, and some of us just like the Word, and we love the Word, and you know, those, those two things are the same thing, and they work together, and you cannot have one without the other. There was an American pastor who said that the Spirit without the Word is lawless, and the Word without the Spirit is powerless, you know? Those things, they, they need each other, and I want to talk about something that is, is, is important to me is, is you know, we, we constantly talk of an outward focus. A church must be outward focused, okay? But it seems the Bible has a lot to do with not so much what you must do outwardly, but what you should focus on inwardly. And because Jesus said, it's like, it's not what goes in you that defiles you, it's what comes out because from the multitude of the heart, so the mouth speaks, right? When we, when we fix up the inner, the inward stuff, 
It seems like the outward stuff just naturally happens. And that's what I want to talk about. Okay? And um, let me just check my next slide. I'm going to check myself before I break myself. Okay, so another example. I want to give you a quick example of this. Uh, you guys can turn to... This is an Afrikaans Bible. It's not going to help me. <laughs> would make for an interesting evening. Okay, open up your Bibles to Romans 15. Uh, it's up there, 17 to 19. Hey, Louis-Jean, can you help me hand out some Bibles quickly? You can take the two. I'm going to take the top one. Thank you. So go to Romans 17. Uh, Romans 15, sorry. Romans 15. Awesome. Okay, verse 17. You guys there? Okay. Listen to this arrogant statement by Paul. Okay, so arrogant. Therefore, I have reason to boast in Christ Jesus regarding what pertains to God. Another translation says, I have reason to be proud of my work in Christ Jesus. Wow, this guy must be full of himself, right? Wouldn't you like to say one day that you can be proud of your work in Christ Jesus? Hey, that's quite a, that's quite a statement. I'd, I'd like to, to end my life knowing that, wow, in Christ Jesus, I can be proud of everything that I've done, right? Okay, cool, cool. So, Romans, thanks. Oh, it's a scripture. Nice. Nice one, Esmeralda. Okay, so then the next verse says, Let's figure out why he says this, okay? The number one, for I would not dare to say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me by word and deed, for the obedience of gentle, by the power of the miraculous signs and wonders, and by the power of God's Spirit. So here's, here's Paul's strategy to having a successful ministry, okay? I only talk about what Christ has done me in, in, in me, I do it with word and deed. I don't just speak. I practice what I speak. Okay? I do it by signs and wonders. Okay? And I do it by the power of the Spirit. Okay? Can you see, can you see that he's doing it together? There's, he preaches the word, and he knows the word, and he practices the word. But at the same, same time, he's also pursuing the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit. Right? He's, he's, he's got this... He's got this harmony with things that seem totally opposite together. And now he's been able to say, I'm proud of the work I've done in Christ Jesus. Because he is not just activated in the Word of God, but he's also activated in the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Are you getting this? Okay? This is a cool strategy. I do it by word and by deed. I do it by signs and wonders. By the Spirit of God. Because how many of you, like, you know, you, I, I, I used to hear a lot, you know, we're like, yeah, we, we want to see the Holy Spirit move. We want to see people get healed. We want to see people get fallen over. We want to see people laugh. And then a common objection I always hear, yeah, but, but it's a wicked generation that pursues signs and wonders. And you're like, but what did Paul just do? Okay. Paul just outlined this whole strategy. So what's, what's Jesus referring to? when he says that it's a wicked generation that pursues signs and wonders. 
Okay? What he's saying is that if we just pursue signs and wonders, yes, we are wicked. Okay? But if we are pursuing a successful ministry where people are born again and have transformed lives and are going to heaven, okay, then we need to look at a complete and holistic strategy that includes preaching by the word, doing, doing what needs to be done, demonstrating signs and wonders by the Holy Spirit, okay, and by the power of God. Okay, you guys with me? Okay, and so what, what Alma was talking about last week, you know, there's, there's the working of the Spirit. But I want, us, I want us to break up into groups of five, and I want you to answer the next two questions on the screen, okay? And these are trick questions. What does it look like when the Holy Spirit works through a person, okay? What does it look like when the Holy Spirit works in a person? Okay, so I want you to break up into groups of five or six, and I want you to discuss those two questions. And if you're going, but they're the same question, then you're going to learn something tonight. Okay. Okay, go. Go quickly. Break up into groups. Okay, let's pick on some people. Okay, Ruan, what did your group say? The first question. <laughs> Can I give the whole, like both or just one? So, um, when the Holy Spirit works through a person, it is like it goes externally, where when it works. Like, obviously, when the Holy Spirit works in us, it's internally. So, it's character development, but also when, yeah, it just, yeah. Sure. Okay. And who else are we going to pick on? Audrey? <laughs> we said when he, he works through a person, you can see the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Like, maybe healings, prophetic words, words of knowledge. Um, it's outwardly seen, and when the Holy Spirit works in you, He works inside of you with your character traits, anxiety, fear, and stuff like that, and how you see it is worth bearing fruit, um, but it's not so obvious as a, a physical manifestation. Awesome. Okay, uh, let's get someone this side. Uh, your team. Okay, great. Who's the most n nervous when it comes to talking in front of people, Iodia? <laughs> okay, I'll ask Thomas. When the Holy Spirit works in you, you die every day. <laughs> and when He works through you, people love. Sure. Great, let's stand and pray. No, I'm joking. <laughs> It was pretty good. Put that on a plaque and hang it on your wall, eh? Okay, some good, some... Uh, oh, shucks. Okay, no, it's fine. I thought my iPad died, but it did not. Okay, so most of you got it right. Well done. So what do we use the Word of God for? You can take your same Bible that you can open up to Hebrews 4 verse 12, okay? Hebrews 4. 
Hebrews 4 verse 12. James Hebrews comes just before James. Okay. So Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as, as the separation of soul and spirit. Joints and marriage is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Okay, let's read that again. Every time I read this, I feel really, really exposed. Okay, let me, let me, let me this. This is one of those scriptures that really scares me, okay? For the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit. Joints and marrow, it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So very often when the Bible talks about, do you guys know what the difference between your soul and your spirit is? So your, your soul, when the Bible talks about your soul, it's usually referring to what we call emotions, um, your, your reactions, your, the way you experience the world, um, and your spirit has to do with your internal spirit that is revived by God through the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, right? So when we're talking about sp- spirit and soul, we're talking about not just your heart, but also your motivations, the, the desires of your heart, okay? And what, what Hebrews is saying is that, okay, we, we, we can use the Word of God to separate these two things. So first we have to understand, like I said in the beginning, that the soul and the spirit are one. And there's many things that are very paradoxical, but they are one, okay? Love and judgment, they are one. So how do we, how do we discern... What is, when something is love and when something is judgment. Well, the only thing that can do that is the Word of God. The Word of God separates both soul and spirit, bone and tissue, okay? So how do I know when I'm dealing with someone in love, okay, or whether I'm just being a very mean person? Well, I use the Word of God. Okay, how do I know when um, I'm working through the Spirit or the Spirit is working in me? Okay, because those are actually essentially one thing. They are one thing, but we're going to be talking about them as two separate things. And the only way that we can do that is through the Word of God. That's how we discern, okay? Because a lot of us, we, we like... Sometimes we like the show of the Spirit, and then we think that because the Spirit is, you know, we're seeing crazy things or we're experiencing crazy things, that, that now, you know, God has come and done a work in me. And, and that and that's may be very well the start of a work in you, but it's got to continue. Or on the reverse side, some of us, we know that, yes, we, we, we are really good at being self-controlled. We have a lot of joy in our life, but yet there's no outflow in our lives. There's nobody around us whose lives are getting changed. Okay? I can't, 
I can't think of an example where I went and prayed for someone and they experienced God in their life. Are you with me? A couple of years ago, I had this, we had an intercession meeting. I had this vision of these, of these two cups. And the one cup was, was dry. It was so dry that, that it had started to crack. And the other cup was full to the top. But th- there was so much chif, you know, like rot in it. The water had started to rot. I asked God, what does this mean? And he said, well, it's these, it's these two things. Some of, us, some of us are like the dry cup, okay? We give what we don't have. And we start to speak of things that Christ has not done in us, okay? And essentially what we're offering is nothing. There's no substance there. There's nothing to it. And, the other, and some of us are like this full cup, where we've, we get and we give and we get 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 and there's no outflow. And everything that we get starts to rot. Okay? And we end up being bitter because we, we understand so much. There's so much understanding, but there's so little transformation in and around us. Right? And what God is saying is that when He comes... There's an overflow, okay? We can't, we can't just stop receiving. That stuff has to overflow through our lives. So we're going to look at a few things. We're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit, because the gifts of the Spirit are very, very real, okay? This is where we're going to use the Word of God. So open up your Bibles to, hang on, sorry, I just lost my place. So open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11. 7, 11. 1 Corinthians comes just before 2 Corinthians, just in case you're looking for it. Great, I'm so helpful. Okay, you there. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11. Okay. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as He wills. So we've got to understand, okay, that if you have the Spirit of God in you, you're going to be doing weird and wonderful stuff, okay? So this is, this is what Scripture, this is what Paul is talking about. We cannot get away from the fact, and this is for all of you, Head guys, you cannot get away from the fact that the Holy Spirit moves and He works. Okay, um, you can go to the next one. There is Meralda. Um, you know, in Acts two, um, Peter's giving this awesome sermon. He quotes Joel and he says, "Hey, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams." Okay, then you've got Paul. He has a visitation from the angel and he's struck blind. 
I, I, I was thinking the other day, you know, because, you know, I've, I've been in conversations where people are like, you know, somebody, we're talking about the fact that somebody fell over and they, and they hurt themselves when they got slain in the spirit and the guy was saying, yo, no, that's, that's obviously not of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, you know, you wouldn't allow anything bad to you. And then Paul gets struck blind because that's a good thing, right? I'm like, no, when the Holy Spirit comes, okay, your life changes. One of my favorite quotes from Omo is, being hit by the Holy Spirit is like being hit by a train. You change, okay? And, 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 and hear me when I say, okay, if there's a lot of yourself that is tied to the self that needs to die, it's going to hurt a lot. Okay? If there is a lot of yourself that is tied to the self that needs to die, when you get hit by the Holy Spirit, it's going to hurt a lot. Okay? Because the Spirit of God is not into peacekeeping. Okay, let me say that again. The Spirit of God is not into peacekeeping. He's into peacemaking. And peacemaking hurts. Okay, it's like one of, one of, the, one of the examples that I heard. Um, it's like when you've, when you've got a, a, a sore and it's got an infected. You know what you need to do? Okay, you rip off the scab and you brush out all that pus I don't know if that's, you've ever experienced that, but that hurts. And like me so moiny, right? It doesn't look good. But when the Holy Spirit comes, you know, every, everything is nice and it's peaceful. And it's, no, when the Holy Spirit comes and there's part of you that is tied to the part that needs to die, it's going to hurt. Okay, because the Spirit of God is not into peacekeeping, he's into peacemaking. Okay, you guys with me? Okay, great. We settled that one. Yes, I'll take that. Great. Okay. Next, next slide. On the other side of the coin, remember we're talking about these things that are seemingly paradoxical, okay? Because some people say, yeah, but, but the fruits of the Spirit are all character-focused, and they are. You're absolutely right. Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay? Look at those. The fruits of the Spirit, those are all inwards focused. Okay? Those are all character things. Do you know that you can move through the Spirit and not be saved? You know that? You know, you can move through the Spirit and still go to hell. Because in the last days, people come to Jesus and they say, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. You'll say, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, for I did not know you. Ouch. Why? Because there's people that understood that, that, that the Spirit moves and He works but the Spirit is not just in, interested in the works. He's come to do transformation in your life. Okay? So what does that mean? Okay, if, I, if I'm looking for evidence that the Spirit is moving in you, okay, you personally, to me, I'm not looking for how many people you've prayed and they've fallen over. Okay? 
I'm not looking for how many testimonies you've shared on Facebook about how many people you've healed or prayed for healing. All of those things are very good. Okay? So get what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to give one case over there. What I'm saying is that these two things are united. But, but if, I'm, if I want to know that your life is transformed, okay? What I want to know is that, you know what? Moshant has a bit more self-control than he did a couple of days ago. Moshant is actively working with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? He's a bit more joyful, okay? He seems to love a lot more people, you know? We're still praying for that one. <laughs> but do you guys get what I'm saying? If the Spirit of God is working in you, I'm expecting you to be a different person, okay? Because here's the problem. See, I love you, and I'm judging you versus the person you can be. And if you're still wearing a nappy 10 years down the line, you know, maybe it was cute when you were a year old, but when you're a 10-year-old, ain't so cute anymore, right? It's, it's, it's not working anymore, Okay? I want to see you look like that. So what am I trying to say? Is that I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I don't want half of the Holy Spirit. I don't just want you to be a good person. I want you to exercise the gifts of the Spirit in this church and in your community. I want, you to, I want people to see how weird you can get. Okay? But I don't just want you to do works. I'm expecting you to be a better person. I'm expecting you to invite the Holy Spirit in your life when, where it hurts, where you don't want Him to go because there's stuff that we've got to clean out. Okay? We do a, we, we're big in deliverance in this church because we believe that the Spirit has come not just to move through you but to move in you. Okay? We're big in deliverance in this church because we believe that the Holy Spirit transforms lives, including your life, not just the lives around you. Amen? Here's the cool part. Okay? It seems that when we tend to focus on these inner heart things, okay, and we desire the gifts of the Spirit, as Paul tells us to at the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, when we, when we eagerly desire the gifts, you know what? These things seem to fall into place. Right? And, and there's, there's, there's a transformation that happens not just in our lives, but that transformation overflows into the, into the lives around us. I want to end off with this. this um, I read this a couple of months back, and I've been meditating on a lot. I, I come back a lot to this. I read this when I first got saved. Um, a couple of years back in 2010. And I've always really been drawn to the scripture. Malachi 4 verse 5 to 6. It's the last two verses in the Old Testament. And um, this is the last thing that we know of that was, that was prophesied by one of the Old Testament prophets. And then 400 years later, Jesus came. This is, this is a prophecy that Malachi gave. He says, um, in the last days, Elijah will come, 
and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And I'd read this many times, and I'd always read it from the context of physical sons and physical children, physical fathers, physical children, which is not, a, is not an incorrect way to read it. But I read it a couple of months ago, and something you know, really stirred within my heart that this isn't just a, a physical father, physical son, but, but when we look at these as, as metaphors, the father representing wisdom, a tradition, representing experience versus the son representing faith and newness and 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 the, the the desire to go out into the world and and take things head on the adventurous side you know what I felt God saying to me is that these two ideas need to turn towards each other okay and they need to turn towards each other in our life in our hearts as well Okay. I, I I don't like it when when people start dissing traditional churches, the Inca Church or the Methodist Church. I grew up in a Methodist church because there's something of the tradition and the seriousness of God that those churches carry and that we need to learn from and that to a degree we've lost. Okay? But at the same time the spirit is moving and it requires people to go out with a sense of adventure and face the unknown with the power and the Spirit of God, okay? And these two ideas, concepts, need to learn to love each other, turn their hearts towards one another within our own lives before we're going to see it around us. And this is the challenge that I want to I leave with you, okay? Let's stand together and invite the band to come up. Maybe you're someone who loves the Word of God. Okay? More power to you. But I'm challenging you to have an outflow because I believe that, you know, people who have a love for the Word of God usually have a lot to offer. And strangely enough, people who have a love for the Word of God also tend to be the most frustrated at people not wanting to listen to them. Well, why is that? It's because they understand that the, the word comes, the, the faith comes from hearing and they hear a lot, but there's no desire or there's no, there's no want to move in a form and a fashion that they don't understand. Okay? And the Spirit of God is not limited to your understanding. And maybe you're someone that loves to see miracles, signs and wonders. I'm challenging you to devote yourself to the Word of God, to transform your life, your life, not just the lives around you, okay? Because, you know, Omo and I, we don't believe in burnout. We hate the word. I don't, I don't like the word burnout. How many, of you, how many of you have used the word burnout? I've used the word burnout just for reference sake, okay? And what I realized is that burnout is coming from a place when where I'm giving something that I've never received. Okay? Because the giving comes from the overflow. It comes from the excess, not from the dread that I, you know, 
you know when you're burnt out, it kind of feels like you're just trying to scrape at the bottom of the barrel to find something, some small amount of energy to give. And yet what the, what the Word of God says is that I'll give you waters from which you'll never thirst. But I'm looking for one thing. I'm looking for people that will worship me in in spirit and in word. You with me? Spirit and word. Not just the word. Not just the spirit. I'm looking for the true worshipers. The guys who are going to go after me by the power of the spirit. Devoting themselves to the word of God. Let's bow our heads. Oh, Father, I just want to thank you that that you're not just you're not just interested in saving the lost. You're also interested in saving me because <laughs> I was also lost, but by your grace I am now found. I thank you so much for that, Father. And I thank you that once you saved me, the journey didn't stop there. That you came to root out everything that would hold me back and hold me down. And God, we stand here knowing that we are not perfect people. Far from it. And I feel today that I need you now more than I need you ever. And the more transformed I become, it seems, the more I need you, not the less. And I thank you, Father, that, that you desire for us to know you. Not just to be worked by you, Father God. And we thank you that you have given us a work, because a work is blessing, Father. But we thank you also that you do not leave us where we are. That the things that we struggle with today, we don't have to struggle with tomorrow. And by your grace, we can help. Maybe the things that we also overcome, we can help other people overcome. Because, Father, we don't, we don't want to talk of something that hasn't been done in our lives. Father, help us to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. People that not just desire your gifts, but move in your gifts. Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you into our lives. And we, we ask for your forgiveness where we've, where we've just treated you like another organ in our body. We know, we know that it's a good thing. We know that it's necessary, but we don't really interact we just, we just want your stuff and we don't want you. Father, forgive us.